0: Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Podcast. Today is the same day as yesterday with Mr. Lou, but today we have a special (laughs) guest, Mr. Jerry Green. What's up? What's up? What's up, buddy? Thank you so much, man, for uh, taking on the invitation as as such a short notice. yeah. Yeah. Five-minute notice is great. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go do a podcast real quick, yeah. right? Yeah, no so, problem. So on our podcast, Jerry, is more about your the journey, right? Sure. Like who you are, where do you come from? And, you know, I'm a firm believer that if people see you do it, they can also do it. I agree with you on that. 100%. And where are you from originally? Well, like your upbringings? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I was... Um, raised over in Springfield, Ohio.
1: So that's where I was raised at. And um, is that where the Simpsons are from? <laughs> I get asked that all the time. <laughs> I think it was another Springfield. Okay. Yeah. But I get asked that a lot. All so right. that's too funny. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was born over in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, I was, that's where I, you know, was raised at with school there. And then the uh, only thing when I got out of school, I actually ended up going in the air force. So, okay, yeah. so you served. So yeah, so I was in the Air Force, went down to Texas, I was in San Antonio, wow. uh, then I went to, um, from there over to uh, Wichita Falls, and uh, was in Wichita Falls, and then, uh, actually I ended up going from full-time active to Air National Guard, and went back to Ohio. Okay. So, And when I went back, I had actually studied Prior to that, I was actually went to a, a, a vocational school when I graduated high school uh, through um, a J, uh, what we call JBS Joint Vocational School, and I was on electrical contracting uh, side of things. So my dad was in that already, okay. And he'd been doing that for years. So I went back and joined my dad in that
0: business, and um, so how long did you serve? Uh, six years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's tough to get out of after six because I served four. Okay. okay? But I think if I would've stayed uh, longer than four, I might've stayed in for a little longer.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I just got, you know, to the point where it was just, uh, my dad was really wanting to, um, me to come back and help him out in the business. And to see my my uh, experience was, you know, in the trade school was electrical side. Then when I went in the Air Force, I was in uh, what I call electrical power production, which is basically civil engineering. So, so I did, do some credits towards college a little bit in that side of things through the civil engineering through the Air Force and then I just you know like I'm gonna go back and then went back home and got into business with my father in the electrical contracting business that was over in Springfield and uh, really just started uh, growing that side of things we um, you know we had a it wasn't a large business we had several employees working for us and that was back in the um, Oh, geez, that was in 80, like mid-80s. And then uh, I was just, con- really continued to the electrical side until about 1993, Ricardo. That's really where I was hitting it. it was, I was I was just jamming with that. we done commercial. we done residential type stuff. And, and then early 90s was... Uh, when I was doing that, we done a lot of work also for um, general contractors. So, like, we had one in particular that we done, like a lot of gas stations and stuff like that. And everything really changed very quickly on that side of things because I was, uh, my dad and I were working in the business and on the, you know electrical contracting side. And then I had a phone call. Come in one time on a Sunday night. Now you gotta remember back then, it wasn't the cell phones. The cell, right. You know, it was old wall phones. Yeah. So I remember the uh, phone rang at home with my wife, and I picked up the phone, and it was a like, general contractor. And I thought, what in the world's he calling me? And it was on a Sunday night. And I remember his name was Jim, and, you know, he, I said, Jim, what do you, what's going on? And he says, I just want to let you know. We are closing our doors to our company, and I wanted to give you an advance notice, like, whoa. Now, he owed us a lot of money. He, and I said, well, when does this happen? He goes, tomorrow morning. <laughs> so that was the advance notice. Wow. So he owed us like, six, a little it was over 60-some thousand, but you take that back into the early 90s.
0: Oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, huge. hey look,
1: today is a lot of money. Yeah. I don't care what everybody yeah. says. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know. You know, that hit and we were in a position where I just, we really couldn't recover from that. And my father and I were both working, you know, in the business. We had several people and next thing you know, um, we just, we tried to work it out, but we just couldn't work it out. We ended up going bankrupt because of that. So it was in, I think it was 93, I think it was, that we ended up going bankrupt in that business. And you know, I was like, "Wow, what am I going to do now?" How old were you at the time? Oh, jeez.
0: 20s. Oh.
1: Yeah, I'm in 20s. And end up, you know, we just end up trying to figure out what we we're going to do. And I just, you know, the only way out was really to bankrupt. So we ended up getting out of it. And I was in the position. It was it was kind of funny because at the same time that I was going through all that, I was also starting to get interested in real estate a little yep. bit. And you can remember back then we didn't have anything where, you know, yeah, cell phones, and there was nothing like that. No, not really any. You internet. had to go to a bookstore yeah, or, exactly. or see
0: it on the newspaper. Well,
1: that's what it was. It was uh, actually, it was a commercial on TV. Right. It was about, uh, there was a seminar in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, a gentleman named Charles Gibbons. Yep. And he since has passed away and stuff, but he was really big into things. So same time i was studying i was interested in that i was going through this bankruptcy and trying to figure out what to do of course i had to figure out something because you know i had to pay bills and i remember going to all the family members and stuff and what do you think they told me to do go get a job yeah that's exactly it they said go get a job jerry that's the best thing you can do so what i did is i listened to them and i went out and started applying and i got a job opportunity at a local university in their engineering department. And I remember it really well because it was on a Friday afternoon and they said, hey, they said, look, we're going to give you this opportunity. And I said, can I think about it? They said, well, you have till Monday because we have other candidates. So here I was, I didn't really have any income, just went through the bankruptcy. Same time I had been studying the real estate some and I thought, "Mm, man, uh, I don't know what to do. I went home, done a lot of soul searching And I called him up Monday morning and turned him down on that. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, everybody just freaked out. My wife was really supportive on that. She was like, hey, you know, go, you know, know, I want you to do what you want to do. So I... um, How were you paying bills? uh, (laughs) At that time, I was pretty well just scrapping whatever I could. I was... was, You remember I had all the experience electrical, so I was doing a little side jobs. Right. And just trying to make some money on that side. So when that happened and I made a decision not to do that, I ended up going, um, actually signing up for that real estate seminar. Yep. And I went with a buddy of mine and we scrapped some money together. We went to that three day event and it was in Cincinnati and I listened to them all talk about all the different ways, you know, of course you can do the business. And the biggest thing that popped out to me was wholesaling. And back then it was like, what is wholesaling? Nobody even heard of it at that time. No. So I went back and then I thought, man, I need some help on this. So there was a gentleman there at the event that I connected with. And I actually ended up hiring him as my first mentor. And he was based out of, uh, Florence, Kentucky. Okay. The thing is I didn't have any means of paying. So what I did is I borrowed my mom and dad's credit cards. Wow. And that's how I paid him. So I bought into that side of things and I bought into his coaching and I started working at side of things. And the next thing you know, I popped my first deal and it wasn't a big one. It was like twenty five hundred bucks. Right. But that was a big deal for me.
0: It was proof of concept. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So what if you could do ten of those? See, that was the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was the whole thing. what was the medium? How much money were you making as an electrician a year? Roughly? Oh, I was
1: probably only making
0: $40,000 a right. year. Right, so now you're like, wait a minute. If I do 20 of these deals, I make the same 40 I used yes. to make before. Absolutely. And that's
1: why I started looking. I said, well, wait a minute. I'd done this, and how much time did I have in it? I always started looking at that. I'm like, how many hours did I have in this? You know, and it was only a few hours. So when,
0: this is what, 94 now? Yeah, this 94? was
1: going into... It was kind of between ninety three and ninety four.
0: That's when you did your first
1: yeah. wholesale deal. First deal It was an assignment. Yep. Wow. First assignment. It was actually it was funny because I live in Ohio. My mentor was in Florence, Kentucky, and I did my first deal in Kentucky right. on a, a, a street called Ohio Street wow. in Kentucky. And I lived in Ohio. It was meant to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: that was pretty crazy.
0: Talking about omens, right? Like yeah, things are as, meant to be. Like it was. It was just crazy. So.
1: Yeah, so I, I did that first deal and I thought, well, this is really cool, man, I can do it again. So I started hustling back in Springfield where I live and just really started pounding the streets, dude. I mean, I was out constantly, all the time. Was it knocking on doors or bandit I was knocking on doors, I was going out, vacant properties, freaking taking the boards off the windows, crawling right. in them, rough areas, right. doing whatever I could, Yeah, and really just started wholesaling. And when I, my first strategy I was using on that, was uh, an option. So I would option these properties from people. I would go in and I give them one dollar and I would say look and I, I just done these really crappy properties. I said look I don't know you haven't you know you this is not making you any money so here's what I love to do is let me try to help you do something with this property. I can't promise you anything If you can give me the ability to try to move this for you over the next 60 days, I'll give you $1, you know, on on this option to purchase, but you don't have nothing to lose. If you want to sell it yourself, sell it yourself. And then I just started pumping things out. Wow. And then what I started doing, it was funny because you got to remember back then too, when you, you would lock up a property, You know, like now, we just put it out there on the network or something like that. Yeah, on the investor lift. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Well, the only thing we had back then was I literally had to set up an ad in the newspaper to wholesale the property. So I had to wait two or three days for it to start in the newspaper, then would run an ad to wholesale that property. So that's why I started doing it. And it started building up. Wow. And I started picking up some more deals, you know, pick up 2,000 here, 3,000 here. Pick up a five or six thousand dollar one, and that was huge. Yeah, so I started chugging that along, and then it has continued to grow. Then it got to the point where I realized that you know, I, I looked at it, so I have all this experience of being in the construction field. And then I got the bright idea that
0: I should start rehabbing. So, yeah, it's the evolution of the wholesaler, right? Like, yeah. Let's go to the next step. So now, I now, now I can fix them, because I know how to get them, now I can fix them.
1: So, because, you know, I was looking at the other people, what they were making on those. So I started buying properties, and the problem is, I didn't, I built up some money, but I didn't have the capital to take the deals down and right. fix them and stuff. So I'll never forget, I thought, well, I need to be able to get some private money. So I thought, I don't, know. I I mean, back then, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even private money, it was just like, I need money. Hey, I mean, nobody me money, Nobody but... talked about private lenders. No. Nobody talked about anything like that. So I went to this, it was funny. I went to this um, meetup at this old bank building over, uh, over by the Dayton airport. And it was in the basement. And they would have meetings down there. And they would just do, it was kind of a pretty casual investor meeting. And then people would come down there and just talk about things. And there was... One night I went in there and they had a flip chart. I went up in front of the room and I said, look, here's what I'm doing. I said, I've been finding these deals and now I want to start fixing them up. And I said, I know how to do it. I've been doing this, stuff. I've been around it pretty well my whole life. So I said, here's what I'm proposing. You fund the deal, Here, the purchase costs, holding costs, all this stuff here I'll take care of overseeing the work. I'll market it and get it sold. We'll split the profits. And that very night, a gentleman come up afterwards. He was a physician, and he says, "I've been wanting to do this business, but I don't have time." Yeah. He says, he "I'll has start with you." And that was my first financial partner, wow. or private lender, whatever you want to call it. And we started doing deals together. And then that continued to grow, and we kind of continued to flourish on that, on things Ricardo. And it got to the point where we were we were jamming pretty hard on things i I had some family helping me out we were working from our home office over in springfield and then it was getting into probably about 99 in that year around that realm of things and we uh actually got wrote up in the local newspaper about our business so i thought that was the coolest thing in the world And we were, you know, jamming, you know, that was a version of the internet back then, you know? Right. So we were jamming along. And then my wife and I at that time was, uh, we were looking at in a position where here we were bankrupt and everything else. Now we were looking at, we wanted to build a house. You know, never thought that would happen in a few years. So we actually ended up buying a lot right around the corner from our house we had and we ended up building uh, her dream home. Wow. So I thought this was really cool. And this was in 99 and then year 2000. Of course, we were only into year 2000. That's when the world everybody thought was going to end, you know, with all the computers. Yeah.
0: Y2K. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Y2K, Y2K. Yeah. So we were really excited, you know, going in there. And then we found out that she was pregnant. And we were like super pumped. You know, here we were moving to a new house. She we're gonna have a baby and all this. And this was in like say year 2000 and we rolled into that year. And then about midway through the year during her pregnancy, she started having some complications. And we ended up going to the ER probably, I don't know, it was like three different trips. Wow! And they kept saying, well, just go home. It's just early labor and stuff. Well, the last time we went, they said there's something else going on. So they admitted her to the hospital. And she was there for about four or five days. And they said, well, we got to go ahead and induce labor. And then our, our, uh, we knew we were having a boy. Uh, his name's Jordan. And we knew um, you know, that he was gonna be born several, about two and a half months early. Well, they thought that he'd be okay, but he was gonna be very small and premature. So he was born. And the moment he was born, the doctor just said, your son's gonna be okay. He said, but I'm concerned about your wife. He said, there's something going on there. So within about two hours of my son being born, they had my wife down for a CT scan because they couldn't do it with the baby because of radiation. Right. About two hours later, they came back. and I'll never forget this. I was studying outside of... Her room, on maternity ward there, I d- I went outside, just the room there, sat down a little bit. I'll never forget the doctor walking along, and he had two nurses with him, and it just I knew something was wrong. was wrong, you know, wrong, because you just don't see a doctor coming with two nurses like yeah, that. Yeah, you
0: don't see a doctor coming with bodyguards. No, no. And he
1: says, hey, I want to talk to you guys. So I went back in the room. He says, we found a large mass in your wife's kidneys. Wow. And they said it's about the size of a football. That's how large it is. Like that. And they said, really, you having your son is a true miracle that he was even born. Wow. And I thought, wow. And they said, it's some type of tumor. We don't know what it is yet. So they said, we hate to have to do this, but we're not experts in this. And uh, we know that you don't want to do this, but we need to transport you tonight to Ohio State University Cancer Institute to have this checked out. So we had to leave our newborn baby in the hospital there and be transported over to Ohio State. That was called the James Cancer Institute. She couldn't nurse him or nothing. No. And then... We were over there for about three or four days with our own things and they'd done a biopsy and all that and they confirmed it was malignant. Well, wow. and the cancer she uh, came back, the cancer she had was a kidney cancer and it's called uh, Wilms tumor. Very rare for an adult to have. It's typically in kids by the age of five. Wow. And it's got, with kids, yeah, uh, it's got about a 98% cure rate. Okay. With adults, it's not like that. For an adult to have, so it was very rare. And she had it also as what they call bilateral, so it was on both sides. Oh wow! So we were like, you know, wow, what do we do? So they immediately had to start her on chemotherapy. Of course, she couldn't, then she couldn't breastfeed or anything. Of course. So she went in, you know, here we had a brand new baby, and she started on chemotherapy. And, and radiation treatments. And that was uh, going into uh, December of 2000. And then um, five days before Christmas of that year, they said, well, we're going to do surgery. I still remember December 20th of 2000, they went in, done major surgery to, the, the goal was to remove the tumor. Right. They said, you know, three or four hour surgery. And it ended up taking 14 hours. Wow. And I'll never forget, uh, the doctor come out, his name was Dr. King, he come out and he just said that, uh, I'm sorry guys, but the tumor had protruded everywhere. And, and the back muscles. Metastasized. Yeah. And it attached to her aorta. They had to cut it off of that, put a graph on my wife's aorta. And so it was unbelievable. And they, you know, um, after that they had her intensive care and then uh, we went into a position where it started. You know, we thought we were. She was moved to a recovery floor, and then in a matter of, uh, I'll still uh, still remember. This it was five days before uh, Christmas. She had surgery on Christmas Day of two thousand one. Major complications set in, and so she,
0: hold on. So she went into surgery on in the two thousand or two thousand one two thousand. 2000 and then in 2001 and well five days
1: later she went into all kinds of complications
0: okay so this is in the still in the 2000 2000.
1: yeah and then all kinds of complications set in then she ended up being in the hospital for four months straight wow i was it was in columbus ohio that's where they done the surgery at and then they because it was a childhood cancer they moved her to children's hospital as an adult patient And I, I never left there for four months. I ended up moving out of our brand new home, and I ended up living in the Ronald McDonald House. Wow. And that's where I lived for four months. Wow. We finally got home March of the following year, in 2001. When we got home, you know, she was she ended up being bedridden because she just couldn't, she wasn't able to walk. So I ended up have to be trained in how to give her IVs. Had a, I ended up even have the tube feeder and we had all this medical stuff set up in our dining room at our new home. Wow. And you know we thought we were moving in the right direction and then within about two months after she was home, in fact it was right around uh, Mother's Day, we ended up going back to get a CT scan and during that time, dude, she didn't have any kidneys, so every we had to go three times a week to dialysis and she wasn't able to get in the car so they had to do uh, what they call an ambulance service and transporter so we had to do three times a week on that and two times a week on radiation, wow. that, that's all I did. So everybody was like, well, what'd you do about the business and stuff, I, I had fortunately built up some properties and some cash and stuff, but um, during that two, peri- two year period of time, Ricardo, you uh, I went through about $2 million. Wow during that period of time. And um, it was May of that year, and went and we got a new CT scan and they said the cancer's back and it's in every, all over the place. And um, we went back and they said we should bring in hospice. And then my first wife uh, passed away June 20th of that year.
0: 20,
1: 2001. Yeah. And I was in a, you know, Here she, you know, I dated her back in high school. You know, we were obviously, you know, life partners. We built the business together and everything. So I was like,
0: Yeah, Yeah,
1: devastated. Dude, that was, was, and
0: here I was. Now raising uh, a newborn baby. You're a single father now. um, Raising a newborn baby. uh, Went through all your money and. Did you do any work at all or or not like literally dude, how do you concentrate you know dude it
1: was I, I you know it's hard to describe to people because that what i went through during that time it it was so intense she was in, in intensive care for almost seven weeks and i never knew if she was going to live one day or another so it was you just... did it one day at a time. Man, you just shut all that other stuff off. Yeah. You just, you know, it, it did not matter whatsoever. It didn't matter. And, you know, and I was just, that's all I did. And it got to the point where, you know, I, I just, when she passed, then, you know, it was just me trying to really even get my life back. And it, it took me from the time she got sick to after she passed, it was like a two-year period before I could really start functioning again. You know, I got really sick myself just because of all the stress and everything else I went through. Yeah, depression. Oh man, you know. and I started getting function again, and then um, I did eventually start dating. I met my wife now, Joyce, and she lived uh, around Dayton area, yeah. in a little town Germantown, and uh, we ended up getting married. I ended up moving there. You know, you know, I was still hitting the business, but. I wasn't going crazy in it, and then when I got there, we really built it all up again, Ricardo. We started growing it again, and what I did, I ended up going back in real heavy on the rehab side of things, and I built it out to the point where I had four full-time people doing project management, and I got to the point, this was in, in the like early 2000s, mid-2000s. I built it out to the point where I had about 18 people, you know, and it was in-house. And we were, we worked out of a very small uh, space we had. And I built this big thing out. We were doing all the rehabs. And then, Ricardo, I, I got to the point where I realized that he, he, I went through all this crap and stuff and built this big thing out. And then I realized that, man, I hated this. And I said, why am I doing all this? And I realized something. I said, this is, this is not a business because everything was about me. Everything was about me, Jerry this, Jerry this, color selections, layouts, and stuff. And I think the thing that really hit me like that was when I realized that
0: I actually hated my own team. Wow. I hated my rental properties at some point. Because mm-hmm. I, I I was like, I want nothing to do with that anymore. Okay. Uh, but hating your team is like... I couldn't stand them anymore. Yeah, you didn't want to answer the phone or 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 no. make decisions or tell them what to do. Or... So, wow, uh, that's crazy. So what I did? This is the first yeah. time I ever hear that, by the way. Yeah. From someone like you know what it got to a point to where I hated my team. Yeah,
1: it was it was crazy. And then I went in and I just and, and this was you, the
0: rehabs, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was that and just I wasn't what I was doing was. I always, you know, I share this with people. It was like everybody was riding the Jerry wave. I worked my ass off. they built this up. Everybody was riding my wave. Yes. And I was acquisitions. I was, you know, I, I, it was all about me. And I thought about it. I yeah, said, your
0: business was self-centered, but it he needed you. Uh, 100%. So, I just. That's not the Jerry of today. Oh, no, dude. I know.
1: <laughs> dude, so I went in and literally clean house and what I realized that changing moment on that was I actually drew a line down the center of a piece of paper and I still remember this and I said one side's business and one side's real estate and I thought it's no you know back then you know of course we didn't really have the phones and stuff but I said it's no different to being any other business how can I create this over here and just treat it as a product or service and over here it's a business so how can I focus on the business side just move as much product as possible and that changed everything for me.
0: Wow! So, let me take you back a little bit. So, because um, man, you've gone through a lot of shit. Like Got a lot and, of shit. Yeah, and um, I mean, I I never went through. I mean, I've gone through my own. Like I guess we all have different paths, but um, l- losing a significant other, uh, especially your wife, now the mother of, of your son. Um, Man, that puts a whole different burden on your shoulders. Uh, Huge, you know, as far as what you can do and yep. you know how you raise your child now, and uh, do you actually work or you take care of the kid? Like, there's all these things happening, um, but the moment you realize that, okay, I gotta get back on track, okay, because at some point you say, well, f- oh yeah, I gotta go pay bills, I gotta put money on the table. I went through all my money. Or most of it. Um, did you start doing some sort of personal development? Did you reach out to maybe groups? Or, oh, yeah.
1: I, I was involved in a lot of like support groups. Yeah. And I, I had to, Ricardo. I mean, literally.
0: Yeah, because I'm wondering like, how is it that you go through hell? Yeah. Like, dude, it was. You know, because it then, is hell.
1: And, I, and I, told, I tell people too, it was like. It was like it was a, it, I would look back on that and it's like a whole different life. I mean, I, I just, I remember many times, I, I remember one time, and this is the time I ended up going myself to the hospital because I got so sick from depressed, being depressed and just being down. I got so sick, I could not get off the floor in my house and I, and I was holding a new baby. And they had to come and help me and take me to the hospital and put me in the hospital for about 10 days, Mm. just to get myself to the point where I could function again.
0: The stress, the stress was just overwhelming. 100%. Wow. So when did you discover
1: personal development? You know, I started about about that same, actually when I, um, before my first wife passed, I really started studying a lot of like Tony Robbins uh, you know, it was all was old things, the old school stuff, cassette tapes, and I had the old Walkman. Yep. And I, you I put on the side. I put on the side on for that, headphone. and I go walking,
0: right? Or that's I, why it was called a Walkman. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Or I go rollerblading, <laughs> right? So I was in a big in the rollerblading too, and I that's what I did. I, I go out and do that, and I was just, you know, constantly. I, I started feeding my mind on that stuff, and. You know, and I um, and I and I remember when my uh, wife was in the hospital for that period of time. There was one book that, and I've recommended this to a lot of my students. It's um, called uh, "Slowing Down to the Speed of Life," and a very powerful book. It's an old one, but I I, I probably read that two or three times. When I was in the well, hospital, and it helped keep me more focused in the kind of in the moment there on things.
0: So. So I can say that um, personal development is what helped you go through oh, dude. all that.
1: Dude, hundred percent. Family, personal development, and a lot of prayer, man. Mm. A lot of prayer on that side of things. I just had a lot of support. I, I couldn't have done without family and support, and, and the and I just constantly looked at the self-development side of things. I would I would read. I would study and. You know, just to try to keep my mind on that tipping, you know, from going down. Just always try to keep it just a little bit above. It was tough a lot, but I, you know, continued to grow. And I got remarried. Obviously, that helped a lot because I had somebody that was very supportive. And, um, you know, and it's, then from there, we really just, you know, I I took it. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, I kind of cleaned house on the business. And when I'd done that, Ricardo, I got to the point where I realized that, this is a business, I'm gonna start treating it that way. So I started figuring out, you know, okay, I'll put systems in place here. I'll, I'll put this in place. I, and I started removing, you know, all the stuff. I, really, what, I, what was interesting, I started putting in buffers where people couldn't communicate directly with me. They had to go through somebody else. And it just continued to peel like an onion on things. And then, you know, Ashley, uh, I had a, well, I had a one lady work for me before Ashley. She was with me for 12 years. Wow. She was one of the ones I let go. Wow. And on top of that, I had a gentleman that worked for me for just shy of 15 years. He was with me about 14 years. He was the best man in my wedding. of My second, you know, I got married and I had, I ended up firing him.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's tough. You know, when you... Because one thing is to let go of somebody, right? But another one is to let go of somebody that you love. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Where
1: are you guys going for
0: dinner? I don't know, bro.
1: We're gonna go to the Falcon's nest if you
0: have plans. We'll catch up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, see you brother. Right. <laughs> they don't they don't <laughs> they realize. Don't it's all good. Um Hey, we gotta make sure that shows up that you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that,
1: that cool. yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, um